0: Welcome to the show, everyone. This is a light and shadow of coaching in and beyond organizations production, a documentary that was made to fund social impact through coaching for women in Kenya and which has been ICIF accredited with 10 CCEUs And there is something super exciting that I would like to announce is that it has won today, 29th of March, 2023, the Alan Shoup Coaching for Social Good Award from Institute of Coaching, a Harvard Medical School affiliate. This is only possible because of how all contributors had faith in the documentary, bringing about change in others' lives by creating ripple effects of growth, change and development. We believe that everyone deserves coaching and that coaching needs to be democratized to reach less privileged humans in our world, while at the same time remunerating coaches in a fair way. Today's episode is the first installment of conversations to follow with coaches, leaders, educators who either donated to support coach training for women in Kenya, or made an interview contribution to the documentary, or sponsored the Social Impact Initiative, or actually do all of these. They all have two things in common. They share, first, their passion for social impact through coaching, and second, love taking a holistic view at coaching from the light and shadow side of our practice. The goal of this series is to give you an intimate peek behind the curtains, What is social impact through coaching for our guests? And why does social impact matter for these coaches, leaders, and educators? You'll take a look at the messy ingredients that go into a successful coaching career that combines both the light and shadow side of coaching and how these two sides actually benefit our coaching practice. I'm your hostess. And if you wish to ask a question, make a comment, or recommend a guest, I invite you. Send me an email at podcast at Good. I'm here with Michael Tichelmann, based in Austria, just like I am, who technically speaking produced a documentary and who I wish to have with me, as he will have insights into the nitty-gritty details of creating coherent stories without which learning would not be possible. Hi, Michael. Hi. And of course, my guest today is Karin Blood. Karin is an executive coach based in Sweden and is certified with ICF at master level. She runs her own podcast that runs in English by the name of What Really Matters and has authored three interactive coach books that are linked to work coherently in a unique way Karin coaches by what she says is listening in fifty layers and bases her work on science and modern research in presence a topic that rocks both our boats a hearty welcome Karin. welcome on this show
1: oh thank you Uh, i have already had these ghost bumps all over the body and i would like to start with an applause for this fantastic day the 29th of March, when you have this award. And I'm one of those who, people who has been watching all the three documentaries with such joy and uh, expectation from what's next. What will this bring to our world? What will this bring to our coaching world? So I'm so happy to be here with you, Tinder, and with you, Michael. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Karin. Thank you you for the applause. This is actually on behalf of everyone who has contributed
0: uh, to to this um, initiative, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. So aside from being connected through our love of presence in coaching, uh, I have been really an avid consumer of your time um, to find ways in which to sensitize coaches to why it is important to take a holistic approach to coaching. Uh, in other words, to connect with the true love story of being a coach, which is actually a training, said that we both are starting to grow. Yes. Oh. And I very much look forward to this uh, this year. Yes. Uh, today, I'm happy to extend the benefit that I've got of knowing you with our listeners. Mm-hmm. And where I would like to pick up today is with your coaching career and having watched the three-part documentary, for you to tell us the story of why the light and shadow of coaching matters to you. And I'd like to ge- go back to the first part of the documentary. Is that okay mm-hmm. with you? Yes. Yes, it is. So what is why
1: is the light and shadow of coaching of importance to you? Uh, As you ask this question, I'm also going back to the first documentary and how astonished I was when you told that it was 2,539 people who was not aware of the shadow side of coaching. How there is so many blind spots for us to reveal and to explore. What are we not seeing in this very important work we do? That was really something that I was uh, astonished by. And uh, I, would, I really love the positive side. So the, the start of the first documentary with a glimpse of a really lovely yule with a diamond, Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because the two of us we use uh, often the same <laughs> symbols. Uh-huh. I have also used this uh, facet because I see the how it explores the variation vari- variation of uh, all the aspects and how the light is uh, make this happen when it hits the diamond in different angles all the time and when you twist it a little bit what happens and this is what coaching is for me it is how you can twist things how you how you can make people twist their themselves not only physical but also inside and maybe both ways simultaneously and here i i you know that i always often go deep and uh, you were interested in my, in my 50 layers so maybe we will attach this what i'm speaking about how i connect these things through this view of the wo- wonderful jewel with a diamond
0: yeah because because basically uh, seeing the facets of the diamond it takes listening in many layers right
1: yes and to see the uh, the reflections and realize how uh, our life in our time uh, that we can define it like uh, a diamond, or we can see it as really hard times, and we can choose. And this is really uh, a, a big thing to uh, achieve, where we can choose uh, where we. From, from from what angle we would like to see things, if we want to see the beauty or the bad things. And there is the light and shadow thing, but in a way that it's not that I don't want the bad things. It's not that. But it's how I can get the energy from the beauty. How I can make it, how I can... Uh, help myself with getting the energy from the beauty to cover the other things.
0: Yes. So it's not not, not trying to um, dislike it and turn away from it. No. Uh, it's actually to to make use of it, you to utilize it. This the, the reflectiveness, the um, the many facets, as we like saying, the many facets of the diamond. Um, exactly. And why is it that it's 50 layers and not 51? (laughs) 52 (laughs) or 49?
1: That's a wonderful question. And 50 layers, of course, it's because it's easy to remember. And I've been thinking about the 50 layers and I probably need to make it more uh, public because people are so interested in this. And uh, I'll... Uh, i get back to the uh, the metaphor I gave you in the beginning here, the two of you, uh, where we can shift from outside and from inside. And uh, as I listen in 50 layers, I do it in different ways. I'm listening outside myself on, for instance, if it is a person, a one-to-one coaching. And I listen inside myself.
2: Mm.
1: And then we have this diamond and the facets, what is it that resonates in me from the other person and what is going in going on inside myself and um, in this way of listening I need to be aware of, uh, sounds maybe funny for you listeners, uh, but uh, which voices, which part of me do I need to uh, cut off to to make quiet, to to be silent as I listen because my focus, my full energy is on the person speaking to me. But of course, I get the information that I need to process to make uh, the things happen for the person who comes. and the best thing for me is to know nothing. I don't need nothing. I only need, as a professional coach, to listen.
0: When you take a look at this way of listening to the clients and to the world, the external and the internal, and when we take that you were watching the three parts of the documentary, mm-hmm. What resonated with you? If we take the, pick up this metaphor of the diamond, uh, w- which aspects and facets of, of of the three parts resonated with you? Uh,
1: it was so much and so beautiful, and my ghost bumps were going over and over again, all over the body. And I, I simply want to cover what I saw in these three uh three films uh, and um, I saw I I show here with my hands I show, so, saw the globe, I saw the globe in the universe. I saw the perspectives, how we can zoom out and see a much bigger picture than the small thing by the kitchen table and mm-hmm. how we can be connected ho- all the way out there and this time we live in, we have so much technology, technology that we are able, no matter where we live on on Earth, we the technology helps us along around the globe. And I liked so much that you had met people from all over the world, and you I saw you in those positions in different and uh, different places with different people, and you uh, you had one thing in common: you were always almost silent listening, they were talking, you were listening, and there was a written question, and they were talking. That was what I picked up, and I picked up the bigger picture of our environment, of course, uh, of course, I say the Bukka world, maybe not familiar for everyone, but the way that nothing is like it was anymore, and how we need to be prepared for the moment right now that is what we can carry as human beings today and with res- the responsibility of how we act as leaders as uh, employees as human beings and uh, i really like the the whole picture of even the coaches uh, helping with the climate change. So you had this broad picture, you covered it all. And that's why I, I was applausing in the beginning here because it's a beautiful work. I'm astonished of what you have accomplished. It's marvelous. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to ask Michael about this because he is,
0: uh, <clears throat> uh, I did the interviews, that's okay. Uh, and I was working on picking out the juicy parts, but it was actually Michael who put the things into a coherent whole. And because you addressed, um, and I like very much how you're coming in with the, addressing the whole first. Um, uh, Michael, what was what was what was your experience around creating the coherent story in in the production process?
2: Well, in the beginning, it was quite scary uh, to have this amount of interviews, these different locations, different quality of recordings, and this amount of raw material from which we could create something. And I relied very much on your guidance to what is important and how to string together the different topics and different interview partners into a coherent storyline. And for me, the interesting part was with each documentary, uh, with each part, we really uh, improved and always changed how the documentary evolved. And on the topic of uh, the broad horizon uh, and different topics we are dealing with in the coaching, documentary, and also what Karin said, VUCA world is really often uh, shown in a negative light or everything changes, everything seems to be in uh, constant motion. And uh, my thoughts on this and also for the documentary as we were going, getting through it, developing each part, and each um, narrative that change is always uh, there, and it it seems to be increasing. And what I really like to contribute or say that change, if you reflect on it, always has involves yourself and how you deal with change. Because it's always an opportunity to change something in the environment maybe how you're dealing with the environment so it's an opportunity i think and maybe not to see everything in this negative light the change seems to be increasing
0: yeah it's interesting right because when when i think back to the process we had only one part in mind at the outset and then it turned out to be three together and so we went we went crossways with 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 the plan and we changed in order to actually serve something because then we were guided by this principle like what makes sense I mean it doesn't make sense to have conducted the interviews when we cannot share as much as possible from the contributions because there are people who have invested their time in making a contribution and then there is a you are investing time in putting it all together and then people will invest their time and they will invest donations to watch it. So there needs to be some learning, some value in this, how a value chain uh, from the contributors to through to the consumers of the documentary and beyond. Right. Uh, So, yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that it's the listening to your call that get away from focusing on changes increasing to, hey, what's the opportunity in what's happening around us, right?
2: For sure. And uh, if we, if it really developed the idea of what this coaching documentary is. And one of the, for my next question for Karin today, attention really is the new currency. If you say social media, in the media, Capturing the attention is a really big part of what's important. And also the powerful are capturing our attention. So for the coaching documentary, how did you experience it or find it? And how did it capture your attention?
1: Well, it really captured my attention because I was linked to it for uh, several hours and watching it and try to really melt the... Uh, the uh, information, because it was so, uh, it was so. Um, uh, there was a, such a density, density. What is density in Swedish? Mm-hmm. Density. <laughs> it was so. <laughs> yes, it was so. Like this, uh, with a nice uh, uh, film, the the views, the the music, the 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 art in the film. And when you process all this and what people say, uh, I I had the feeling that this is something you need to look at several times to process mm-hmm. the whole the whole com- composition. And uh, as it was long, I had the opportunity to melt uh, during I was during I was watching it, and then there were some things occurring for me. And uh, I really love this part when the kids came in, when the joy came in, when the future came in, the hope and all the hearts, and what coaching can bring to the world. And listen to these voices, listen to Magda, the ICF global chairman, listen to her about what coaching is and how we, are holding the standards up for what the human beings can do for the world each person can really contribute as Tinder says and i i really uh, i really love to, to to see the difference of uh, clip from the film to get, get into your field michael uh, the difference of uh, uh, people who were in different uh, rooms uh, situations and the environment you had made this like like a film of our time and how we can relate to it and what the coaching field the coaching industry can do, and I had two big ideas, mm-hmm. two big ideas of how to really proceed and how to really get influence to the world. And it's, it's a two-way street, maybe. It is to address to those who really are in charge in the world to be aware of how we will do the best for our children and how we can help them with coaching in early ages. And also to start the very interesting dialogue about value and value in the... When I talk about value, I'm, I'm speaking about uh, value, the money we earn, and the value that life brings, and the value if you struggle with your work, 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 dung, 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 and then home, very tired, and no life. What's the value of that? And try to really find what if we have one life? What are we doing with our lives? And how can we deal with this things and how can we the big the two big uh, things to address the children and the value and the the ladies and gentlemen out there who are in charge please be aware of this and do something about it
0: this light and the shadow thing, how does that fit in with, uh, for you Karin, with uh, the light and the shadow bit of our practice? What are we coaches then not shining the light on? Uh, I can hear your call very strongly. Where is this bit that we coaches are not shining the light on?
1: This is a really difficult question, because the field is is broad, and it's different. Uh, I mean, uh, every everyone in, in the three films, you see there is a discussion about who is coach, who is not coach, how are you trained, how are you not trained. And uh, actually, we haven't been speaking about coaching yet. Mm -hmm. But the whole documentary is about coaching and there are many parts of people talking about what is coaching, what is it not, and how how do you manage. And uh, that is one of the things that we have no really specific uh, line about what coaching is. So the light and shadow of coaching in that perspective It's difficult to say because it's individual. Because it's about how the coach is coaching. And it's different. I coach in my way. Another coach coaches in his or her way. And uh, for me, it's coaching is an art. And I was so interested in the third part when art was brought in. And uh, the artist not knowing, not being able to, to, uh, there was a part of a art of a leadership where it is the experience that make a great leader, really a great leader in conversation with difficult tasks or special occasions, and how the experience is, in the moment, guiding this lady or man how to uh, manage the situation. And for some people, they just know, some are trained, some learn during the the way, and that is also what we work with in coaching, How how to be a great leader, for instance. So the light and shadow. Uh, it's a difficult question to answer, because it's different. And if if I can say what I think, only for me. I think uh, the shadow part for me is those parts that I that are my blind spots that I'm not still aware of. And I'm learning every day, more and more, every day. And I love it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You said something about the future, so how you were um, looking at the future of coaching and how the field is evolving. Um is this in relation to, to what you watched in the documentary or is this something that you wanted to add on top of this? In what way would you like to bring in? I'm very curious about this aspect of where the field is moving and how you see it. Um, what is it in relationship with the documentary or is it something you wanted to add on top?
1: No, I think I, I picked it up from the documentary and uh, there's, the wonderful walk through the documentary where you walked in the nature, you started in the nature and you are related to the nature all the time. And you are walking through this beautiful woods and uh, you all, all of a sudden you are uh, under this big fir, And it's so beautiful. And the nature speaks to me and to, I think, everyone, because we come from nature and you address the elements, you address the sand, you address, we are coming from dust and we are, we are going. Dust dust. consciousness, yes. Yes. And uh, uh, this line where we are, when you walk through the woods, and I, I have the feeling that it's the Wienerwald. (laughs) And it's, uh, it's so beautiful. and. uh, what I picked up was, was the hearts <clears throat> and the joy, mm-hmm. the joy and the playfulness and the body language, how we move, how we speak, <clears throat> how we are moving forward. And I'm also very, very interested in the uh, field of time, how we refer to time. And <clears throat> that's that's something that I think we are going to be more and more aware of in this time when almost everyone are uh, consumed uh, their awareness about their cell phones, for mm-hmm. instance,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and how we need to overcome our brains. And uh, so that's one point because time and the the techniques, how we are able to uh, stay away or uh, be attracted or stay away, be attracted. That's one point I'm very interested in. And another point is the AI that was addressed in the documentary and how we relate to that. I'm really curious about that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's uh, very interesting because when I was... Cutting the documentary, I didn't really have a frame of reference. Why is this coming up? AI in coaching, it really seemed ridiculous. But uh, as we in the recent weeks, AI has dominated in the media and so many new things are coming in terms of technology. I think uh, now it makes sense, at least for me.
0: Yes. It starts making sense, right? The, the broader mm-hmm. the perspectives. Um, yeah. Um there is a few things that i'm addressing in the in the documentary from both the, the light and the shadow sides and one of those is um mastery uh coaching mastery and you know since i i'm not even sure like how whether or not we should call it mastery because i have come to feel humbled about um the idea that there is any such thing as mastery although in the documentary we are addressing it and we are like what makes a masterful coach mm. um i'm not sure what is your take on this this part um when we are evoking this idea of mastery what are we doing to our field uh potentially what is your your, your take
1: on this i think uh I think it's important to have a mastery, something to look forward to, to see, to to watch, to see up to, to, oh, I want to go there. And then realize that the mastery maybe already is in you. And to open up for the mastery and to make it happen in person, after person, after person, and to release the mastery in the world.
0: It's interesting that I'm that you are phrasing it um, in this way, as if it were a process of of becoming. It's not something that you attain. Like, for example, we are both accredited with ICF at mastery level. So master, blah, blah, credential coach. But in the end, what does it really mean? What does, what's behind that word? Because what I'm experiencing is that coaches are running after this, this uh, uh, credential. It's as if it were the thing to attain. Uh, that's If I'm an MCC, then I am. And if I'm not an MCC, then I'm just not good enough or not, not enough. And I just came to wonder about this, this approach to uh, credentialing and accreditation, which we're addressing in the documentary as well. What are we doing to our, to ourselves and our field when we are just running after a certification, uh, a certificate? Uh, what is your take on this? this? way of looking at
1: mastery? Uh, I think the awareness and the presence and you know when you get into a room and you feel and uh, I know we have fellow beings on the earth who are Really, mastery in this, and uh, for instance, uh, animals, dogs, cats who run their own mastery on feeling what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And here we tap into a, a, another kind of subject that I haven't addressed, and uh, it's about uh, if you if we could call it energy. It's something that is, you just pick it up. You you maybe don't know where it com- comes from. And if you are uh, congruent as a human being and in your profession as a coach, you the more congruent you are, you more present you are in the way of being, not only acting, then you are approaching your mastery and then you are you will be able to release the mastery in everything around. That's my take of it. So running for those credentials, there needs to be something. uh, Maybe there should be a training that addresses these levels to help people to wait a minute. I don't know because I probably you have seen it in your work more than I have, have Tinder. I don't know because I haven't seen it so much, and I just uh, think it's really good to keep on learning, 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 and explore, and learning, look inside, and be aware of how you're acting and why, as a person.
0: Yes, I have, I have seen this, um, especially in my, in the mentoring, um, uh, when I'm mentoring somebody where it is, it is sometimes sad to see that when the coaches take the mentoring to get to, the, 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 the interesting thing is not in the learning, but how can I pass? What are the tips and the tricks that I need to know to pass to get to that level? Which makes saddens me, um, uh, if I'm honest, because this is not about it, as you're saying. It's all about learning, and can we we need to learn? Because as Michael was also saying, so it's the opportunity for us in in times like this is about um, like. What is it that we need to know better or more because we need to be the one supporting our clients. So we need to be ahead, at least two steps ahead, because we have only three choices. Either we lag behind and we scurry a little bit behind, or we are learning in parallel with our clients, or we are ahead of them a bit so that we can hold the space for them to arrive uh, where they need to And this is not what I'm noticing that is happening or how how mastery is being treated at the moment. And I'm not meaning to be generalizing here. I just wanted to bring up this, this idea of where you are with mastery level, because I do notice in my mentorship that uh, it saddens me to see when, when, when it's all about like, how can I pass? It's Mm -hmm. like okay, I don't know. (laughs) Can we just hold the horses here? What, what is
1: this all about? That, uh, there was a guy in the third part, in the third film. Uh, sorry, not a guy. Professor uh, David. Sorry, mm-hmm. I forgot his name. He 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 was. He said that uh, only seventy percent of people on uh, mastery level, he reckoned, was really good, brilliant coaches. Yeah, David Klotterbock, yes, Professor David. David Professor, yes. It was the seventy percent of them were not good. They had their credential, but they. Yeah. So uh, it's not about the all the seas. I used to uh, joking about all the sea. It's it's about so much more how you approach how you. Adapt how you, uh, how you act, how you are, and uh, I think uh, to be on the mastery level, you really need to be aware of how you are the being, being, and take responsible for your acting, really. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I think the the idea of mastery being someone who is good in his or her profession is uh, also changing, if we say change is constant and increasing. Maybe the idea or the mental image we have of a master is someone who has trained his life to be good at uh, his profession, but today professions really change. So if I think... uh, if you have coaching or programming or I are really new fields. And there already exist people who are masters at these fields who are at the forefront. But if we then say, okay, there's an edu- accreditation uh, process where you can attain a title of some uh, mastery, then uh, the mindset of the people is that, okay, if I just get this, then I'm a master. So this, I think, also is changing, and it's more of an inherent quality which we acknowledge than reaching certain goals. And it's also something I struggle with. With I've realized realized through coaching that I'm uh, maybe running after something just to have it or to attain certain goals. When maybe it's better to focus and. What you're bringing to the table, what's your mastery, as Karen said.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it was so interesting, you know, guys, we are speaking about this, that when uh, we started the pilot project in Kenya, January this year, um, there were, were the beautiful souls, the women sitting there, and they were actually shocked that there were no presentation slides. Uh, we were sitting in a circle and it was all about, okay, now what is this about? Because they might have heard about coaching, but they did not know what it really was. And my point is that what they were expecting is okay there's somebody an expert coming and is going to tell them a b c d and then uh that the bottom line this is what we need to learn and then they will take notes and then they will go home and then there will be an exam and then they will be asked a few questions and debriefed and then and then they will know and they really had this th- this moment of uncertainty and r- real like, am I, where am I here actually right now? Because she's not giving me the presentation slides that I'm expecting to receive. She's not giving me the workbook that I'm supposed to use. She's just there and we're all here and we are supposed <laughs> to pay attention to each other. And it was so interesting, even for the women in, in Nairobi where education is, is not what we call, would call top, uh, they, they are having this idea that we only learn when, okay, tell me what I need to know so that I can take the exam then I can pass. And then I am that expert. It was so interesting for them to see the moment of uncertainty and this liminal space of, okay, I have to let go of this and I can learn differently. Um, that i i am not surprised that in my practice here in europe or in the more westernized world we are coming across this idea that we too that we need to make an exam so that we can feel legitimate mm-hmm um yeah so i just wanted to add that on top of that
1: yes th- that's really interesting and uh then you bring uh, learning and uh, education into the ta- on the table here and uh i really like the the subject that was brought up several times about how our universities are our schools are uh, making us as individuals and not like teams and the way we work nowadays is in teams we we need to be team and work together to manage because the world is much too complicated for one person to to manage so that is also something that i see for the future mm. and i really like the the perspectives of the um Ah, no, I forget the word right now. Uh, Systemic, the systemic thinking. Ah, the systemic thinking, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, how that is connected with the bigger picture of the whole world and seeing it from outside, and uh, you know, the ripple effect of what's going on throughout the world and how it affects us everyone and it's it was connected in different ways it was connected with a lady who wanted her bowl in the uh, grocery shop yeah. to have her salad and it was connected with all the trash on the soup tip in swedish with a garbage yes. thing yeah and uh, so it was this whole uh, different things that you see in your everyday life and how this is melting together into a human being and what what can I do about this? What can I, how can I contribute? How can I be for help and make a positive change?
0: Yeah, but in a collaborative way, right? Because I think this, this idea, uh, if I remember back uh, correctly, it was brought up uh that we need to collaborate more as coaches as well. Yes. And also, also brought up in a way that um, that it's it's not enough to be just part of a community and I'm belonging to ICF or I'm belonging to another professional oh. body, MCC, or I don't know which one, but it really takes a genuine uh, collaboration, yes. which is very difficult because, because we still are individuals with our own interests and with our own fears. And in relationships like uh is is the other one going to take advantage of me and how am i going to survive in this and will i get enough all these attitudes of scarcity that we we are dealing with also as coaches and that was the whole point of bringing it in coaches are we am i the only one that is perceiving a certain mindset of scarcity in our community because while we are connected endlessly on linkedin I I I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong, and I'm just barking up the wrong tree here. But I'm I'm having the sense that we are not really collaborating in a way that we could create those ripple effects and beyond the me business. That okay, what's in for me in the first
1: place? But I have the feeling that we can. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> and I'm dancing over here because I we should make this. This is the future. We should, we can, we will in my way of seeing it and the the two of us are we are starting off yes we are we are and,
0: and and it's also important i'm i'm happy to to bring up for example the way how we are meaning to make it happen it was so interesting to see that how collaboration is a very nice word but when it really comes to the nitty gritty details of it how difficult it is and how we how we need to be holding the space for each other because while we started off very fast end of last year and we were meaning to put the training in place, I don't know, like in, in no time. <laughs> we just we just came to realize and we were very efficient and effective about this. But then there was there's life circumstances that happen. And then and then, for example, I was called to make a stop and call for a stop. And how Karin, sorry, I can we just move it or or, or reconsider how we can move it ahead because because I'm I'm just not there I cannot eke out more of my uh, time 24 hours a day than I already do and then it it takes that collaborative effort too for the other person to trust for you to trust okay so yes. she's not just has wasted my time no. uh, last year or whatever or she's having her own agendas here and there but that collaboration is sounds like a very easy thing to do but when it comes to collaborating really, It's very
1: messy, isn't it? And it's, uh, uh, there is these wonderful words that I've heard in the three films. And one of the most uh, powerful is trust. And uh, when we have trust in each other, there there is no, for me, problems like that. Because I trust this thing. I trust the process. I trust it all. And uh, I I think it was so beautiful that all these powerful words were spoken out throughout the three films. There was wisdom. There was this beautiful from, from uh, Africa, Sabona, I see you. Yeah. Mm. It was so beautiful, and I welcome you. And uh, it was brought uh, with a we thing. And what I say, I, I'm showing with my arms like a hug here. The we thing that we are thinking of, not only me, me, me. It's a we thing. We together learn. And uh, uh, several culture interesting things that was brought in the films as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I also
0: wonder, like, Michael, you we also had... Um... Like, uh, because I I mentioned Karin and and my relationship, like how we collaborate and and this, how we hold a space through trust uh, for each other and ourselves. Like we also had, we have had quite many projects uh, that we have done together. So it's, how is it for you to be, Karin brought up the idea of trusting. How, how, How do you handle trust? When, I mean, we have had very messy moments as well, right? In the production process and, uh, how, how did you manage that?
2: Mm, I think uh, during the production, there were quite a few critical moments, but as we have worked together and also crawled before in different projects, I thought you are really looking out for what would be the best for our project. So uh, this mo- if we are... In the project, working together, it really comes down to uh, trusting each other and trusting that we are looking out for different aspects of the production. And it's uh, quite quite an effort to continue to communicate and to communicate clearly clearly. And I think through our continued uh, projects we really improved and also during the making of the documentary we really hammered out the process on how we produce, how we communicate with each other, how we iterate on the project and I think one can really see it that with the first part the second part and the last part the volume and the quality really improved. and uh, But our communication didn't increase that much because we got so much more efficient in communicating what do we want. And we really got the feeling, if you say something, then uh, I could pick up what should be changed or what your meaning is much more quickly than in the beginning.
0: Mm. I would like to, to come back to this this trust thing because it's, uh, I mean, it's all out there. It's everybody is talking about trust and how important trust is. But speaking about it is one thing and then mm-hmm. having it
1: mm-hmm.
0: is another thing. Yes. Uh, Karina, how do you, like, w- what are the conditions
1: that, that allow for trust, actually? Uh, <laughs> well, if I i shall answer it so, maybe sounds, in Swedish, we say flumit, very uh, fluffy. <laughs> uh, because to me, trust is a profound feeling within my body. I can feel it if I trust something. So it's it's a physical, it's a physiological
0: yes. and physical thing. It's uh, yes. manifest in the it, body.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's manifested in the body, and it's, of course, it's, I picked up the signals, but I'm so extremely interested in how we communicate, and that we think that we communicate up here in the head, in the forehead, mm. the whole body is vibrant all the time, picking up, and we are only aware of a small amount of what all we pick, we, we get from things. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: I just wonder. I I just so, wonder because I was probably more curious about myself. Like, how come that I trust? Because I'm also <laughs> somebody that that likes. I mean, I I mean, I inherently trust, and although I have been disappointed many times in my life, it's sort of like it's. I think the trust is not about the other person. For me, at least, it's not about the other person. It's something that I carry in me. Mm-hmm. or I don't care in me, and I, can't, I cannot negotiate it. I can give you, but I cannot. I can give Joe, but not Susan. Uh, I mean, I think that it's it's either I am clear, I am clear in my own communication, like, who do I want to be? Either I trust or I don't trust, because chances are very high that I will be disappointed again. And no matter how good my <laughs> plans are, and how good the strategy is, and how how proven the track is that I have I've have, I've have tested the person a million times, and and then the million and the first time, I will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably that was my, my own curiosity around trust that like is I don't see it in somebody else, it's not related to I trust you or or and I don't trust Bob, but it's something
1: that we either carry in ourselves or not. Yes,
2: so- and
1: I, as I said in the beginning, that I I usually get very phys- philosophical and deep, and uh, that's my way of thinking or being. And I I can only talk of trust as I uh, ex- experience it, and it's something within me, and it reflects it's the diamond again. Yeah. It's the facets how how you are attracted or not, how you are communicating or not with the outer world, with the, the energy outside yourself. And this might f- sound fluffy. It's not at all. It's more like quantum physics. And mm-hmm. I am not a, a physician, so I cannot <laughs> speak about it. But I. I can re. I have picked up some stuff about these levels, and uh, I I really uh, are interested in this in my practice. Why it is so efficient? What is happening in those rooms in the those meetings? Mm. Why is it? Why are the strings sounds so so lovely? The the. Yeah, like in the film, when I felt the moving flowers, when I saw the, the water, how you had combined it, it resonated very much with me. And the nature and the things that we, everyone, maybe you listen, listeners, pick up in yourself and outside yourself in your lives where you live.
0: This 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 nature. You mean um, how the there is connection with nature? Can you be a bit more specific around this?
1: Yes. How you if you are if you are able to. Uh, life is always in change, and there is uh, such uh, awful things we are going through: sorrow, sickness. You you name it. When you're in place, if I can say so, with yourself, and you just look out the window, see a tree, a flower, a bird, the sky, the sun, something that is outside yourself. And you really can take this in and stay silent for a moment and breathe and give this moment a joy to fills you, and refills you, over and over again with gratitude. And respect,
0: and respect. Yes. May your words resonate with a lot of people. Uh, I see your words as a call to uh, stop and pause. And yes. stop and pause again. And stop and pause. Constantly
1: to not miss life. Exactly. <laughs> My goosebumps goes. And to enjoy and yeah. to respect and enjoy and respect. Um, and have fun and have and be, fun. <laughs> and be funny and dance and jump around and and address the child inside yourself. Without being A funny thing but just address it and have this look of the world like wow what's going on yes to have the connection the
0: unblemished self that is um I, i would call it like sometimes people say be connected with your innocent child and i sometimes i say well rather not be uh, connected with the innocent child because that might backfire but <laughs> but to be to be in connection with the unblemished child this this uh, that's not that's still it's not innocent because if we are innocent we are also naive huh? mm-hmm. but 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 to have not to carry all the sorrows as you said and all, all, mm-hmm. all the the blemish that that we have been accumulating over time Willingly and unwillingly, to to speak that through us, Mm -hmm. so that we can connect more
1: with uh, the curiosity and the with curiosity the curiosity that that child's curiosity of life, and uh, and then we then I'm back to the listening thing, the fifty layers, Mm -hmm. how to combine to be an adult inside yourself and a child at the same time. Mm. And what is the child picking up and what is the adult picking up? And how can I twist this, learn from this? What can the little girl tell me? Mm. How am I supposed to act now or not? What is needed, yes.
0: Okay. I'm just noticing, Karin, that we have stayed in the global view around the the coaching documentary. I'm just wondering if we have a few more minutes to just maybe one aspect, one detail of the documentary. And I'm happy to ask a specific um, question, to be curious about a specific thing. Which of the three parts... uh, Resonated with you most and why specifically?
1: Oh, that was a really a difficult question. The difficulty is because I saw them in a row. So I let them melt into me. So it was several hours I was watching them and taking them in. So which part? You mean which part of the three? Yes. I'm not sure I can give this question a, a proper answer. Which is a proper answer? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, is an invita- <laughs> this is an invitation to watch it all, guys. Yes, of course <laughs> they <laughs> shall, because uh, it was like um, I'm I I show with my hands. It was like when the sands go through a uh, in thin glass. Mm, <laughs> yeah, the sand clock. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the the sand clock, and and then out again. So it was a learning process through time for me because I, it was so, the density, the density was so, uh, ah. it was so profound all the time. So I needed mm. the time for, to look at all the three of them and, and then melt it. And then it was occurring again. And that we, it was like a, mm, a an ongoing thing. Mm. For me, and it's it's still rippling on. Huh? It's, it's not still there. rippling on, and you see, I I have like an engine here or a wheel or something that is going on, and I'm, I was, I'm so curious about the the next step, what it's, how it's going out in the world, and what it's going to do for people, for everyone watching it, and for the women in Kenya. Kenya. Wow, and the coaches and the uh, coaching industry.
0: Oh, yeah. We need to make a little bit more advertising for this, right? To make sure that it reaches uh, more people sort of thing. So, and, And this being said, why would you recommend the people to
1: watch it then? Because they are going to learn about themselves and their perspectives on world and what what they they can do, what they can pick up, what they can bring to the table today. You you know sometimes
0: people are asking me what what uh, these were one of the critical questions that I've received is why should I watch a documentary when I can go to a training and get trained in something? So what is what is the difference in in the terms, in terms of learning that you said, that people can learn about themselves. In what way can they learn differently, or what is the value in watching a documentary as opposed to going to a training or watching a webinar? I think it's about
1: the responsibility. Okay. Of, of how I I can act, how I can how can how I can uh, be responsible for my own learning. Not being feeded only. Ah, yeah. Okay. I okay. need to really be into it and look at it and think and process. Mm. Yeah, the way you said that you were actually in the sand
0: clock, you, were, you yes. were, it was input coming in and then you were squeezed in and then then down out there you were pouring out again. You said it yes. was occurring again. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and
1: that- I, I'm really into this, uh, that... We need to be responsible. In what way? Can you say more about this? Life? Yes, uh, um, I I really love I really love responsibility to to be responsible for how I act, what, how I say, how I try to be, how I uh, in everyday life, how I address by p- the people around me, how I act with the with the environment, how I what I do, how I do my things, how I make it around myself. I think that is really important in the small. And here I have the connection with the small, with the lady, with the salad and the bowl Mm. and out in the universe. For me, this is a clear connection of how every small step, every people, every human being could contribute when we are aware and we take our responsibility in that that what is we cannot do it all but we can do this little
0: yeah and maybe I will chime in a little bit yeah. just to help our audience like with the the lady with the salad yes box. yeah she went to the supermarket and she was just wondering <laughs> if um yes if, sorry if she could have the salad um and she was in the delicatessen department and she, if she could have uh, the salad uh, just like this without without putting it into the plastic bowl. And then she, she went to the cashier and the cashier says, sorry, this is how it is. And then she was asking the cashier a question. So I understand that you can you, you can't do anything about this, but what if you ask your manager about this? So she was actually sensitizing the person who was, Uh, who said, well, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. She was actually uh, creating accountability in that cashier to go to that manager and said, can we do something differently about how we are putting our produce out there uh, to, to save plastic? And, yeah. and, and she was doing it in a very nice way, like the way she was addressing them, she, the way she was telling the story about how she was addressing the cashier. And mm-hmm. she could have just gone home frustrated and saying, mm-hmm. OK, again, I bought myself a piece of plastic. But she she did not want to miss this responsible moment, this moment of responsibility where she addressed it with the cashier who, again, just we would say like i'm just a cashier i can't help yeah mm-hmm. but she said and how about you went to your manager and 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 had a, a conversation with him because he can take decisions yeah mm-hmm. so this is this is exactly like how your the idea that you would like to convey about we can always do something yes. and there's no such thing as it's not my problem right mm-hmm. exactly
1: and uh, that is some someone else who who should do or sh- ought to Or something like that or uh, should learn me so so that's where it comes back to how I can be responsibly on my on my own not just give me the credentials so I will become yeah I need to do it I need to take responsibility to to make the training to to try and to uh, do these different small things and then also be aware of the balance not be overwhelmed of the VUCA world, because we cannot manage it all, but we can do these small things and be happy about about the small steps that we accomplish.
0: And And this is actually what the documentary is about, to create awareness for that.
2: And adding to what Karen said, in terms of when you ask her for Uh, which part in detail resonated the most. (laughs) I think the most interesting thing for me is that it really created this uh, critical thinking or this uh, to want to change or question what you do in coaching and around yourself. And I think uh, touching on what Tunde said in terms of watching passively, watching a documentary or going to a training, what... I would say you're experiencing so many different diverse views and so many different interview partners and also contradicting each other in such a short amount of time. If you just go to a training, you probably have only one trainer or a couple of trainers and they try to impart some knowledge or message to you. If you watch a documentary, you see... A lot of different views, and Thunder, as the interview partner, really is mostly listening, as Karen said in the beginning. And you can really reflect on your coaching what uh, can you take away in for yourself? And this is really uh, interesting that Karen said now you are the responsible watching it. What can you learn from it? So I think this really sets apart this documentary from. A normal documentary because we have it's mostly about interviews from really diverse and different coaches or people who are in the coaching space
0: exactly oh, oh beautiful thank you thank you michael thank you both um actually i'm very mindful of time now And this is also the first episode, so we would not know how it would evolve, and we needed to trust the process, right? Talking of trust. Yes. So uh, how about we close this for now? And um, to close it, I would like to invite both of you to maybe give uh, some advice to our listeners. Um, And Michael, if I'm not mistaken, you uh, have a coach too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, how do you, um, what's a piece of advice that you would like to give our listeners in terms of how to hone their practice and how to develop? What is one thing that, or one or two things that you would like to give them as a takeaway um, embedded in this social impact initiative through the documentary? And I'm happy to hear uh, Karin first, Uh, Mm -hmm. but no order of priority, of course. Uh,
1: I would really make this advice that they should really, of course, look at the three films and open up all their senses. The
0: 50 layers, listen in 50 layers. And if somebody doesn't know what the 50 (laughs) layers are, they are free to reach out to you, and they, <laughs> and you will recite it to them. Yeah.
1: Well, and uh, uh, so, so yes, but the, uh, really to to uh, open up their senses when they look at these three these three films, how they look at things, how they see, what they can hear, what the sounds, what they can feel if they can have a a sense of of a taste somewhere, be aware of all your capacity to take in Mm. what you get from this documentary. And be curious of what you see and what you will take away and take out and bring further. That is my advice.
0: And trust that you are Part of something bigger than yourself, right? Because this is not just a documentary. This is, this is just a part that that imparts some learning. Uh, it's it's just a bit where you can get value for your donation. But actually, you are co-creating something bigger than yourself through this. Because it is funding coach training for women in Kenya, and I like stressing that a lot, so that to hammer it home with people.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's that's wonderful. And I, as you say this, I I remember the the film picture, one of the uh, squares with all the cells that collaborates. Yeah, yeah. With the heart, the the cancer so,
0: cancer develops when we stop when the cells stop collaborating. Yes. yes. Oh,
1: yeah. So we are, we are those. I'm one of those going <laughs> around there, together with you others, yes. with your listeners. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so my advice, adding on what Karin said, uh, Karen said uh, responsibility, I think, really is a big thing in today's world because many people, I think, have the idea that you cannot do something or. You don't really have an option to change something. And that's what I think in, in coaching and in everyday life, uh, you can look at yourself. That's something you can change for sure. So mm. if, if you're not sure or you don't really like what's going on, Uh, you can look at yourself and say, what can I change maybe in my environment? Maybe what can I change in my uh, attitude in coaching or just in relationships?
0: Yes, really good. Good. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So, uh, guys, uh, it was such a pleasure. It was, I thought it would be harder than this to do something (laughs) like this. So you have been such beautiful. Guests, actually, uh, Karin, you and Michael, also you yourself. Thank you so much for being so active, both of you making it easy to listen to and simple as well for our listeners and not bringing in big big mumbo jumbo. So thank Mm -hmm. you very much. I truly appreciate this because the the whole purpose is really to inspire people to watch it so that we can further fund um, a co-training for women in Kenya. We are nearing the top of our time. So if you are interested in getting instant access to the documentary, please go to www.coachingdocu.com. And if you have comments or questions and how you can be part of this initiative, drop us a line at podcast at This is a light and shadow of coaching in and beyond organizations production, a documentary that was made to fund social impact through coaching for women in Kenya. And this is my guest, Karin Blad. And you can reach Karin at karincoach at gmail.com. Feel free to ask questions and leave your comments. Stay tuned and until next time.